Hi, this is Tracy S. Morris, and I am not making this up. I'm recording this episode from FenCon, and I'm with author Melanie, Mil- Melanie Miller Fletcher. And Melanie is a speculative fiction writer. She also writes erotica under the name Nicola Cameron. And I'm talking with her today because for this month, I wanted to focus on some of my favorite horror authors. And she is an authority on some of the authors I wanted to talk about. And so, um, Melanie, why don't we start by you telling uh, folks a little bit about what you've written. Um, I write science fiction and fantasy, uh, primarily short fiction. Um, Most of my longer stuff has been uh, romance novels as Nicola. And I have done Sherlock Holmes pastiches, I have done Poe pastiches, and a a lot of whimsical science fiction because that seems to be where my muse drifts to when I start to write. All right, and uh, I wanted to start, uh, I wanted to write, talk a little bit about the year there was no summer, and specifically I wanted to talk about um, Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and Dr. Polderi and the uh, Percy uh, Shelley and uh, the party where they came up with the idea for so many of uh, what we know now, the vampire concept Mm -hmm. and Frankenstein. And uh, a lot of horror traditions came out of just that one summer. So I want to kind of ask you about that. Well, this is what happens when you put a bunch of writers in a small room, you know, <laughs> they have to entertain themselves somehow. And it, it was incredible that, as you said, so much came out of that single, that single you know, get together that we created the genre of science fiction. It, Mary Shelley created that. Um, and then we had the, the vampire concept, you know, the, the Dr. Polgari, and I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, as to how it came together, I, have you ever seen the movie Gothic? Uh, it's a little fictionalized, but it's the gist of it's pretty accurate about how everyone just got together. It, 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 this is what happens when you put a bunch of writers together. They want to top each other. I know that it was kind of a, a meeting of the beautiful people, and they were kind of trying to get out of society because a lot of them had brought scandal on themselves. I mean, Lord Byron was a walking scandal. Oh, Lord Byron couldn't keep it in his pants. That was his big problem. So, and then you had, of course, Percy and Mary, who weren't married at the time. And yeah, I mean, I mean, these were definitely people who would be considered alternative these days. And so, getting away to a place where they could kind of relax and be themselves was very, very foremost in their desires. And then, I, I think it was that relaxation that kind of helped them to have that storytelling party. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Polderi was Byron's doctor. Yeah. yeah. And I think Mary Shelley's sister was there, and she was there mainly to chase Byron. I believe her name was Claire. Claire. Uh, yeah, and she was <laughs> Yeah, she was after Byron, that's for sure. Mm. Um, but it, it's just fascinating to me that one simple, I, I think it took place over a weekend, um, one simple event like that produced so much amazing work and then in so many different it was so many different genres really because you had science fiction the creation of science fiction you had 
horror, you had um, kind of dark fantasy too. And we owe a lot to these people, to these free thinkers, you know, people who brought scandal on themselves, as you said, because they really set the foundation for a lot of genre writers. So we, we owe them a big debt of gratitude for you know, being kinky. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, it kind of came across, uh, out uh, because there just wasn't a summer that year. And I think that was, there was a volcano that ex, uh, erupted and it blotted out the sun in some places. Right, there's so. a lot of ash going up in the upper atmosphere and uh, a lot of crops failed. And so when you've got nothing else to do because it's rainy or it's cold or it's nasty outside, you stay inside. Yeah. And so that kind of helped to set the tone for the stories they were telling. I think so, yeah, I think they definitely contributed. Now it's interesting to think that if there hadn't been that volcanic eruption, would we still have you know, I never even thought about that. Would we have the genre of science fiction if that volcano hadn't erupted? Interesting to think about. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. So um, now the stories, most of them were going for the gothic horror, but Mary Shelley wrote something really different. What do you think that is? I think what partially influenced Mary was the her own mother, for one thing. I mean, Mary Wollstonecraft. Um... She was one of the first feminists, if not the first feminist. And she really, even though you know she died before her daughter really got a chance to meet her, I think she instilled a sense of self-worth, self-respect in Mary, and an ability to look at the patriarchal society that she grew up in with a bit of a jaundiced eye, and not to accept it blindly, to question things. And I think that, combined with the gothic atmosphere, kind of made Mary think about the creation of life. I mean, why is it only restricted to you know, certain things? Why is it delineated in such a way? What would happen if you know, a, a man could wind up creating life? What would he do with it? How would that develop? And like I said, I think a lot of that goes back to um, who her mother was, how she was raised and how she was taught to question and not just uh, accept the, the status quo. So now I, I don't really know what scientific ex, um, experience she had, but... I think she'd, she'd read a little bit on galvanism. Which... Yeah, that, that would have been pretty popular back then. So uh, I just think it's really fascinating that this young woman who was kind of there as, you know, Percy's side piece, wound up wowing everybody with this amazing original story that really demonstrated her intellectual capabilities. Mm -hmm. And not only did that, but wound up inspiring so many other creatives, not just writers, actors, mm -hmm. um, artists, musicians. I mean, you know, how much do we owe... Um, the, I, I think you know, cyborgs, we, we mm -hmm. owe that to Mary Shelley. Mm -hmm. You know, the concept of androids, I think we owe a lot of that to Mary Shelley. We owe the concept of artificial life and the, the ability to create that, to create artificial intelligence. That all stems back to Frankenstein. So if, if that young wooden, wooden hen sat down that afternoon and spun that tail, we would really be in a much different world. All right, and um, uh, 
the other thing was the vampire genre, and I think a lot of that was Polderi. Polderi? Poldari? I want to say Pol... I'm not sure if it's Polderi or Polgari. I'm going through menopause, and I've <laughs> lost words and names and things like that, so it's like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to sit here and look pretty. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. Look it up. But he kind of based his character, I think, the vampire on Byron. Well, I mean, if anyone was going to be an archetype for a vampire, who yeah. else to pick? Yeah. I mean, come on. You see, especially in British literature, you see those Byronic characters mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, uh, Mr. Darcy was Byronic. Right. I mean, even the most recent reiteration of Sherlock Holmes was kind of a Byron type. Very, very much so, yeah. You've got this this dark, dangerous, aloof... In a way, he's yeah. like a trickster archetype. Um... A little bit, except that I don't think he has enough of a sense of humor to really kind of enjoy being a trickster. I, I think the, the Byronic archetype tends to take himself a little too, too seriously. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Um, we're coming up on nine minutes, so let's wrap this up. Thank you for uh, talking to me, and we'll be back in what's a few minutes for me, but will be two weeks for you to talk a little bit about Edgar Allan Poe. And Millie, why don't you really quickly just tell people where they can find your work? Uh, You can find my work at MelanieFletcher.com. Our writing group, Future Classics, just released a brand new anthology of work, including Nebula winner William Ledbetter's story. And that is available both in print and ebook from Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I will have links on my website. So come on by and check it out. And you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much all the podcast uh, aggregators, uh, and also at TracySMorris.com. Thank you.